Welcome to the Health Connection, consciously inspiring your success. The podcast that will inspire you to achieve your optimal health and empower your mind. Where the integration of both East and West unite to give you tips, methods, and inspiration to live the life you desire. With your host, trainer and speaker, doctor of oriental medicine, licensed acupuncture physician, Tai Chi and Qigong instructor, Justin Fontanini. Get ready for an amazing show starting right now. Welcome back. This is the Health Connection. I'm your host, Justin Fontanini, where every day is a great day. Hope you guys are enjoying your day, week, month, or year, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. Today we're going to continue with the B vitamins, and we're going to talk about vitamin B3, niacin. And if you don't know much about it, uh, stay tuned because we're going to get right into it and talk about it. And this will be a continuation through all the B vitamins. And this is part of a, a series of, of nutrients that I'll be talking about that are in food. And whole foods are quite crucial to eat. And a lot of nutrients are found in whole foods, but sometimes we don't always know what nutrients are in there. And the information I'm going to be talking about today is found in the uh, clinical nutrition book called A Functional Approach. And it's the second edition, and it's been put together by over 12 authors that are all PhDs, medical doctors, naturopaths, nurses, and stuff like that. So it's got a lot of great information in there, and uh, we're going to talk about that today. But before we begin, I have a power quote that I'm going to share And this power quote is quite important. And the reason it's important is because a lot of times we have things wrong with our body. And we have things wrong not only with the body, but the appearance of the body. Something just doesn't look right. We're aging too fast. We're getting wrinkles and lines on our face. We're getting age spots, sunspots, liver spots. We're getting, uh, you know, our skin sagging down. We're not looking as fresh and and, and, and the pink of the face is gone. Our skin doesn't look healthy. Our body doesn't look healthy. We have symptoms. We have problems. Our hair is falling out. Our nails are getting brittle and weak. Our hair is losing its color. It's not looking like a young person anymore. So basically, the outside of the body is looking like it's becoming like an old person. Now, why is this? There's the quote here I have from this gentleman. His name's Robert Urick. And... It follows the same principles of Chinese medicine. So this is how it goes. A healthy outside starts from the inside. Real simple. But he's basically saying a healthy outside, it starts on the inside. So whatever we see in Chinese medicine, even in some Western medicine aspects as well, as we see the outside of the body, it's a reflection of what's going on internally. So if our organs, the heart, the liver, kidney, spleen, the stomach, the pancreas, whatever, all of them, If they're all able to function as one unit, together like a team, like a a huge company, an organization, if they're all working together and we're putting in there high quality nutrients and food and good clean water and we're not polluting it, not putting crap and pesticides and, and heavy metals and garbage into our body with synthetic products and colors and additives and preservatives, if we're focusing more on the the purity of stuff, the whole food, the organic stuff. As we put that in there, the body is going to process and extract all the nutrients. And as the body does this at a high level, the body can function, hopefully, at a higher level. And as it functions at a higher level, it will start to show up and manifest externally at a higher level too, so it will look more flush. So we know people with high blood pressure, their face is going to be a lot redder than normal. It should be kind of pink. But all of a sudden, the face over the years becomes too red. The ears become too red. 
You better ask that person to check his blood pressure, check the cholesterol, see how his heart, his vascular system's doing, see how his stress levels are. Maybe he's got to change something or go see a doctor to get better because the outside is showing you, hey, there's something going on. Why is your face so red? Everybody else's face is not red. Or if you're looking at the face, it's all dry looking. It's all scaly looking. It's all pale looking. It's all anemic looking. When there's a white face and it's all wrinkled, there's no blood in the skin. So the skin doesn't get any fresh blood, nutrients, and oxygen that's going to start to become more pale, more wrinkles. So they say in the Chinese medicine, in the desert, when you see the desert, it's all dry and cracked because there's no moisture in the soil. If this skin is all pale and all cracked with wrinkles, it's not getting any blood flow, it's not getting any moisture. So for some reason, the interior of the body is not generating enough, enough fluid, enough moisture, enough blood to push out through, distribute to all the body through the vascular system. So either something's wrong with what we're consuming or the body's not absorbing or processing it to manufacture the amount of blood that's required to circulate to the skin, to the face, to make it look abundant and fresh and pink. So I'll never forget one patient. I got a patient referred to me because I treated this lady and I helped her. She didn't have a menstrual cycle and I helped her to restore her hormones, her blood volume, her menstrual cycle returned. And basically it's because in the long term she was kind of like anorexic. She didn't like to eat. She thought she was overweight. When she did eat, it wasn't enough food. So her body was running deficient. It was short on everything. So I gave her herbs to bring back her appetite, to bring up her vitality, to increase the bone marrow's production of blood. Next thing, the period shows up. As the period shows up, sometime later, one of her friends saw her that hadn't seen her in years. And then she goes, my God, you look so different than what I remember you. What are you doing? You look like you're like 10 years younger. And then she told her what she did. So the lady was so excited, she also wanted to come and get treatment too. So it's quite interesting as you get the system back. When you start to bring the vitality life force back within the organs, helping them work all together as a unit, it starts to express and show up and manifest externally on the outside. So that's why the outside, it shows a picture of the inside. And however the inside is, it'll express itself and tell you how it's doing on the outside. Whether it's the hair, the nails, the skin, the complexion, the wrinkles, the cracks, everything. It's all, it's all connected as one. You are all one unit. You can't separate your finger from your digestive system or your hair from your liver or your vision from your liver or your hearing from your kidney. In Chinese medicine, everything is together as one. That's why I really appreciate the holistic nature of a holistic medicine such as Chinese medicine. They view the whole body as one unit. They don't separate it and dissect it into pieces and not paying attention how the pieces interact and work together. The idea is to show that everything works together. So this guy's quote, a healthy outside starts from the inside. It, it gives us the foundation. And as we start talking about the foods, the whole foods that are high in niacin today, it shows you the importance that sometimes we need to understand the food, what's in it, so we can choose a healthy food so we can get that nutrient. But if you're buying foods that are enriched, that are fortified, they say, hey, this product's been enriched or fortified with niacin, other B vitamins and calcium and antioxidants this and antioxidants that. The reason they got to put extra stuff in there is because they're so deficient and so low in the beginning, they got to put something in there. Otherwise, they'll just be selling you 
a box of garbage, which is still what it is because it's a synthetic vitamin that's been added in there. You think they have niacin trees or some kind of a plant, you know, that's a niacin plant? No. A lot of these nutrients and vitamins and minerals, they're, they're synthesized, they're processed, they're made in a manufacturer, in a laboratory, made into a capsule given to you. So it's not even real. So if you're going to get nutrition, you got to get it from a whole food source. And you got to study the company. You got to look for a high product. And then you, today we're going to talk about the foods. So you can you can choose, you know, the uh, the foods that are high in niacin, which are, we're about to talk about. So with that said, niacin, I want to give you a little picture to show you how it kind of interacts in the body, how it works. Because if you don't understand niacin so well, you don't even know if you need it or need to eat the foods that are high in it. So the information I'm going to share with you comes from this book. So it's not me. It's, it's you know been researched and published. And what they're saying is the absorption of niacin occurs in the stomach and the intestines. So what goes into the stomach and intestines is what we eat as a food. So the source is going to come from food. So the average adult, they might derive approximately 8 milligrams of niacin from the diet. But the... Uh, the body, the, the, the recommended daily allowance is at 15 to 19 milligrams per day. So right away, you can see you're a little bit short. So you might have an issue already. So that's why they talk about supplementation and stuff like that. And when we look at niacin, when it becomes a little deficient in the body, different signs and symptoms may show up. They may not be 100%, but you can do your research. I'm going to share a few that they're talking about here. But they may, they, uh, they may result in pellagra, signs of which include dermatitis, dementia, diarrhea, and death. So whatever, that's what they're saying. But niacin has also been used in a clinical number of circumstances, including rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis, so bone issues. And if anybody knows anything about niacin, they'll know that it's associated with that big flush. You take the niacin, 20, 30 minutes later, you get this heat Plus, your skin turns red, and you feel this heat in your body. And it's kind of irritating like a rash. And this actually is a sign that it's working in the body. Some people don't like that. But this sign, it vasodilates and moves all the blood very quickly through your system. So I think because of that, it's going to help to penetrate, make the blood move really powerfully through the body. You can get into some areas that are affected, such as the rheumatoid, or the osteoarthritis, because sometimes these inflammatory joint issues, they're so swollen and painful that the blood can't get in, the, the cell waste can't get out, so the thing just swells up, swells up, swells up. But if you can find a source to get the blood to move through there, it might help. So that's maybe what they're talking about, how it's been associated with the uh, different arthritis. But it's also connected with, they're talking about diabetes, memory impairment, uh, intermittent claudication, and depression. And niacin has been shown, this is the most famous part about niacin. It's been shown through research to lower the LDL, which is a bad cholesterol, lipotro uh, lipotropin A, triglycerides, and fibrinogen levels. So, so this is important. So it helps to uh, regulate the cholesterol and the, the blood quality. And then it also has an extra benefit by raising the HDL. A lot of times you have high cholesterol and you have low HDL you don't want that you want high HDL the high density lipotropine this is your good cholesterol and if it's too low you may be a candidate for some heart issue because the the blood pumps the is pumped by the heart 
And if you have a low HDL, that's, that's the good cholesterol. We need that one for the body. So this one, you might want to look at your blood test, talk to your doctor next time you get your, your blood analyzed and see your level because a lot of times people don't even know what they get tested for. All they know is, hey, I'm good. Then they keep doing the same crap they're doing to make their health destroyed. But sometimes you got to analyze, hey, what are you checking within the cholesterol? What are you checking within this aspect and this aspect? Try to understand and learn. So you're, you're kind of on the same page with your doctor the, uh, because sometimes they know what they're talking, what they're doing, but they're so busy they don't have time to share. And, and we're also so busy. So there's so much in our life we forgot to even care. So we never really looked. So we don't even know what they check in our blood. We just know they draw blood and tell us to go on with life and keep going. But sometimes it's important to understand a little more details. So therapeutic doses of niacin, they range between 50 and 200 milligrams per day. And it's quite interesting because the recommended allowance is about 15 to 19 milligrams. So you can see the therapeutic dose, it jump up quite a lot. And then if we're getting on average 8 milligrams of niacin from the diet, is so far from the therapeutic dose. So that's why we got to look at the foods and understand the foods that are high in the niacin. So then we can, you know, maybe integrate them into our diet. So the thing I talked about, the flushing of the skin, that can occur in as little as 25 milligrams of niacin. But some people, they may be able to tolerate high levels. So it's an individual thing. And the oral administration of as little or as much as 6 grams a day has been taken without a side effect. Now there's one issue here. The time-release niacin, the one that, that uh, causes no flushing or a minimal flush, has been associated with the uh, some hepatic complications. And, and that's why they, they check the liver function. They check the liver function, they measure it uh, for people that are high-dose niacin therapy. So that one you got to be careful with the one that's got the uh, the time release. They did something to it. I'm not sure exactly. The use of uh, inositol hexaniacinate. This is a, uh, a type that may eliminate some of the side effects experienced with the niacin supplementation. So this one, check out. Inositol hexaniacinate. That's another one that you can use instead of the niacin. So there's different types. So that's where... Some doctor or some person, whether it's your acupuncturist, your nutritionist, or the, the uh, educated person in the health food store that has some knowledge to help guide you, you know, that's very useful. It's interesting, right? So certain signs and symptoms of niacin insufficiency, they also, you got to consider whether the vitamin B6, B6, the riboflavin, or iron, it might be less than adequate as well because these... They may be the underlying reasons for the niacin insufficiency because each nutrient mineral, they as we eat them and consume them, the body needs other things to help process and absorb. So they're talking here about B6, riboflavin, and iron. They might be low and that might cause the niacin deficiency. But a lot of times the if you eat a whole food, they're going to be in there as well. Or a whole food supplement, they might also put all this stuff in there. And that's why you got to have some knowledge, some education, or help somebody to uh, help you. Let's, lead, let's look at this part here. It says the skin conditions, they're also associated with niacin insufficiency. And they can include scaly. So how often do we have, you know, like psoriasis, the scaly skin? It's a dry and it flakes off. And then we got some dark, 
hyperpigmentation that develops in the area exposed to the, or trauma or sunlight or heat, it can manifest in the body. And it treats on the skin level. So niacin has a benefit for the skin area, mainly through the vasodilation helping the circulation go through there. So the good blood, good oxygen, good nutrition can get in there, and then the cell waste, all the garbage can get released and pushed out. So niacin insufficiency, it also may present with anorexia, nausea, chelosis, which is a, um, you know, some people sometimes on the sides of their lips, they get the cracks, the dryness, the redness, and it's quite irritating. It's like a little fissure in there. Sometimes that can be associated with the uh, B3 deficiency. So you can do a little study. It's called chelosis, C-H-E-I-L-O-S-I-S, and uh, it it's quite annoying because when you eat, you take a big bite of food, it, it rips it open and the fissure opens up and then it hurts and it's uncomfortable. Glossitis is another one. Glossitis is referring to the tongue where it may be a little too red than normal. It may have some soreness there. Or the tongue coat is missing. It's, it can be due to a nutrient deficiency. But it may be also associated with other things, not only vitamin B3. It could be connected to stomatitis, confusion, depression, dermatitis, fatigue, headaches, indigestion, insomnia, irritability, muscle weakness, and poor detoxification of xenobiotics. So what are xenobiotics? So it looks like niacin, it can help rid the body of impurities because xenobiotics are foreign things that are in the body, foreign products that are in the body such as chemicals or other things that are not supposed to be in there but they do find their way in there and they they can cause us some problem so niacin can help to detoxify as well so with that said let's look at the niacin content of certain foods and this is in milligrams per three and a half ounces of a serving the highest one out of all the foods and all the products is torula yeast at 44.4 brewer's yeast 37.9 then all of a sudden we take a huge drop from the upper 30s and we go down to 29.8 that's rice bran then we take another little drop to rice polishings at 28.2 so you can see these are the highest of of all the foods that contain niacin so you may want to find a way to consume these you may want to find a, a form and maybe a supplement that you can consume these whether it's a powder you mix with water Throw it in your smoothie, find a way to cook with it, whatever. These are going to be the highest uh, contents of niacin. Then we're going to drop down from the upper 20s all the way to 21 with wheat bran. And then peanuts with the skin, 17.2. Liver from lamb, 16.9. Liver from pork, 16.4. Peanuts without skin, 15.8. Now if you see that, You'll notice that niacin, like I mentioned earlier, it can treat the skin, right? It can treat skin issues and whatever, whatever. But niacin's found in rice bran, polishings, wheat bran, peanuts with the skin. So you see the niacin's in the skin level. It's on the outer layer of things. So because of that, it treats the outer layer of our body. So that's why it's going to have an affinity to treat the, uh, the skin issue. And this, this thought follows exactly the Chinese medicine's philosophy. What we think and believe in the Chinese medicine is an herb 
that grows in the desert in the hot climate, that can survive there, that can tolerate all the heat, when we consume that, it's going to help us to clear heat, to clear inflammation in the body, to treat burns and things like that. So can you think of something that grows in the desert or in a hotter climate? So some things that grow in the desert, aloe vera, they grow in the hot sun, they can survive and thrive in this, this desert nature, this hot environment. And aloe vera is very good for heat problems, inflammation problems, sunburns, things like that. So you consume that product, it treats those things in the body. So the niacin is found in the layers, the outer layers of the polishings of the, the rice and the wheat and other products like that is found in this, the skin of the peanuts. So when we eat that, it has an affinity to go to that level in the body. So Chinese medicine knows certain foods have an affinity to go to, go to the liver or go to the uh, this digestion. Or they have an affinity to go upwards or downwards. They have an affinity to treat the skin issue or they have an affinity to treat the, the blood issues. So different foods, different things, they have different targets. So if you're eating the same food all the time over and over and over again, when you do that, you're affecting a certain group of areas in your body over and over and over again. And it may not be good because what about the other aspect of your body, the other parts of your body, the other organs of your body? So you got to eat a variety. You got to eat a large variety of things and you got to follow the seasons. What grows local, what grows in the season, you got to eat that when it comes because it's going to give some nutrients, some benefits, some help to some body part, some system, some area, some sense organ. And But if you're eating all the time, strawberry, 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 eggs, 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 chicken, 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 pasta, 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 and you don't eat the other variety of other berries, other vegetables, other fruits, other seeds and nuts, all of a sudden you became one-sided. One-sided aspect of your body got the benefit. The other part became deficient, weak, and started malfunctioning, producing symptoms, sickness, and disease. And it was all because we had a habit locked into the, the strawberry, the pasta, the eggs. We got stuck. And we forgot to have a variety. We got to have the variety and follow nature. Nature's diet is a rotational diet. So we got to follow that and really understand it to a high level. So with that said, beef liver has 13.6, calf liver 11.4, turkey, the light meat, is uh, 11.3, chicken liver 10.8, Chicken light meat, 10.7. Trout, 8.4. Halibut, 8.3. Mackerel, 8.2. Heart from the veal, 8.1. Chicken, the flesh only, 8.0. Swordfish, 8. Turkey, flesh only, 8. Goose, the flesh, 7.7. Heart, the beef, 7.5. Salmon, 7.2. Did you see anything about vegetables recently? Nothing. It's very interesting. All that, all that was, was a beef... And chicken and turkey and different fish and stuff like that. The uh, so you're gonna see where the higher levels of niacin are gonna be found, and they might just be in that food to counterbalance the nature of that food that we're eating. So when we're eating a lot of meat, a lot of protein, if that niacin wasn't in there, it might not be perfectly balanced. See, nature, nature knows how to put things in there. It knows what is what's needed in what food product. It's very intelligent. So it's in these meat products to help process and digest and give our body what it needs. But if you look, the highest level is Torula yeast, brewer's yeast. 
And then the rice bran, the rice polishings, wheat bran, peanuts with the skin. So it's interesting. Those are all vegetarian sources, but the other part's all in the meats. So let's keep going. Veal, 6.4. Uh, beef kidney, 6.4. Wild rice, 6.2. Chicken giblet, 6.1. Lamb that's lean, uh, 5.7. The chicken flesh and the skin, 5.6. Sesame seed, 5.4. Sunflower seed, 5.4. Lean beef, 5.1. Lean pork, 5. Brown rice, 4.7. Pine nuts, 4.5. Buckwheat, 4.4. Red chili peppers, 4.4. Whole wheat grain, 4.4. Whole wheat flour, 4.3. Why, might you ask? Anytime you process something, you're going to lose some nutrients. So whole wheat grain, 4.4. Whole wheat flour, 4.3. You took a nosedive. And then if you bleach it, you're eating white flour. You love that white bread, that white pasta, that those white uh, crackers or chips because they refined it. They bleached the wheat. You're going to have less. That's why they got to enrich. They got to fortify. So anything enriched and fortified is usually completely deficient. So they have to add something extra. So don't even bother with foods that are enriched and fortified. Go to the whole grain source that's already got the nutrients in there that was made from nature. That Mother Earth made that and put that in there. Yeah, because we, you know we do not have vitamin and mineral trees. And a lot of the vitamins and minerals, like I always say, they're made in a laboratory. Wheat germ, 4.2. Barley, 3.7. Herring, 3.6. Almonds, 3.5. Shrimp, 3.2. Split peas and haddock at three. So that's a list. And you can go on the computer and type in niacin content of uh, foods. And you can see, you know, what they have. So this is a synopsis from this book. And it's a quite a thorough one. I really enjoy it. And, and this could give us an idea on the, uh, the niacin content of the foods. And overall, when you think about niacin, it, it is quite important. And uh, if you have cholesterol issues, you might want to add foods that are high in niacin. You might want to change your diet and start to clean it up so you can become a little bit healthier. And uh, so talking about that, we're going to keep going. We're going to jump right into the next vitamin B5 in the next podcast. So you got to stay tuned and listen to that so you can understand all the B vitamins all the way from B1 to B12. But if you did enjoy this podcast today, if you really got something out of it and you'd like to learn more, click the subscribe button. That way you can get future updates. And if you really liked it, leave a positive comment. Maybe somebody reads that and is inspired to learn about the B vitamins. And it may be the key thing that they've been searching for but not knowing about it or what it does, how it can help them, or what foods it may be in. And then because of you, they got better. So that's why I always say we're all connected as one. So with that said, one love. Until next time, we'll see you then.